CMM fans, get ready for sports programming with a twist. ESPN 30 for 30 got nothing on us. As we bring you weekly documentary audio series on hidden gems from the world of sports. First up, The Prospect. A deep dive into Wemby. Victor Wembanyana. Maybe you've never heard of him, but you will. NBA basketball scouts say... He is the best prospect to ever enter the NBA draft. Imagine that. Jordan, LeBron, Luka, Giannis, Stefan Marbury. They got nothing on Wemby, according to these scouts. So tune in to this epic tale leading up to the NBA draft. With the first pick... In the 2003 NBA Draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select LeBron James. Select Akeem Olajuwon of the University of Houston. It is official. Portland selects Sam Bowie, University of Kentucky. The Chicago Bulls pick Michael Jordan. With the seventh pick in the 2009 NBA Draft, the Golden State Warriors select Stephen Curry from Davidson College. With the first pick in the 1996 NBA Draft, the Philadelphia 76ers select Allen Iverson from Georgetown University. With the 13th pick in the 1996 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant from Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania. You are now listening to The Prospect, the NBA in the making or unmaking of a modern superstar, a criminal-minded media audio and visual production. Once in a lifetime is a term that can be used in a powerful way, or it can be a throwaway phrase, overused, hyperbolic, the antithesis of why the phrase was created. Last week, according to almost everyone inside the National Basketball Association, a once in a lifetime prospect played two basketball games in Las Vegas. This kid's name is Victor Wembayama from France. How would you describe who he is, what he is, and the impact he could have on the upcoming season? Greeny, Victor Wembanyama is the singular greatest prospect in NBA draft history. Mm. He's that at 18 years old. He was also that at 17 and at 16. He's not coming out of nowhere. And the impact he's going to have on the NBA this season is dramatic. As one GM told me the other day, we are going to see a race to the bottom like we've never seen before in the NBA. Teams trying to put themselves in position to be able to draft Wembignano. But one team president said to me, drafting Wembignano might add as much as $500 million mm. to the value of your franchise. It's seven foot four, seven five in shoes. 
He is so advanced skill-wise, uh, th there has just never been anyone like him. My name is Don Sikorsky, and I'm a television producer and journalist. But when I was growing up, I thought maybe, just maybe, I could play in the NBA. I hit 10 three-pointers in a high school game. I could shoot. I know everyone says that, but I could really fucking shoot. But you know what I realized my junior year of high school? I had no fucking chance of ever seeing an NBA basketball court. And I knew this for one simple reason. I traveled to the five-star basketball camp in the Poconos. And in my first game at that camp, which is where everyone went from Michael Jordan to Patrick Ewing, I played a kid from Coney Island named Stefan Marbury, who at the time was in the sixth grade. And I saw on the court what an NBA superstar looked and played like. Now I love basketball. I've always wanted to tell a basketball story. A story that would combine my love of the game with a narrative important enough that anyone could listen to it. Not just basketball junkies, anyone. When I started to hear about this kid, the prospect, I thought to myself, this is it. How often do you get to track what everyone is calling a basketball player who, at the age of 18, might already be worth a billion dollars? You've talked about a little bit already, like the uh, the ramifications this guy is going to have with the with the season. We haven't seen this really since the Samson Olajuwon Ewing era in the '80s with teams, because we haven't had a prospect like this since. With teams just being like, "I'll do anything to get this guy." I don't even feel like LeBron in '03 was like this. Um, teams will. Teams will actually compromise their integrity to get this guy this season, if they can. So here's what's going to happen, because immediately during that first game, my phone, your phone, all starts blowing up with people being front office, people at the game, scouts being like, basically, holy this is yeah. incredible. We've this never is seen way bigger like than this. I thought. Yeah. This is going to be the biggest story in the NBA this season is going to be a guy who's not even in the NBA, which I don't think has ever happened before. My contention or very strong belief is what is developing around this prospect, let's call him Wemby from now on, might be the first time that we could track in real time the first mega superstar of the NBA social media and hot take era. Now hold up, I know, what about LeBron? What about Kobe? What about Jordan? What about Allen Iverson coming out of Georgetown? Or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and the myth around him as a high school basketball player? Yeah, I know, all once in a lifetime prospects. But let's be clear, the last time there was this much hype around a young NBA recruit, it was LeBron. And you can make a case that LeBron was still out of the old school system. There were no iPhones tracking LeBron's every move. You only saw him play in person or read about him in a local paper or watched him a handful of times on TV, on ESPN. And even then, you probably missed the early parts of his story. And get this, LeBron is from the United States of America. Wemby's from France. And right now, I have no idea what team in France he even plays for. Were you able to catch Victor Wembanyama last night? I did. Um, what did you think of him, and, and also not just on the court, but you at one point were 
you know, the it guy coming into the draft. Like, I wonder if you could share a little bit about what it's like to be in that position, if, if you can think back that far. Uh, what do I think of him? I think probably the same as everybody else think. Um, you know, everybody, you know, we're labeling like this unicorn thing. Everybody's been a unicorn over the last few years, but he's more like, like an alien. Um, I've never seen, no one has ever seen anyone um, as tall as he is, but as fluid and as graceful he is out on the floor. I mean, at 7'4", or 7'5", or 7'3", whatever the case may be, um, his ability to put the ball on the floor, um, shoot step-back jumpers out of the post, step-back threes, catch-and-shoot threes, block shots. Um, he's, um, for sure, uh, a generational talent. This is layered in a way because I want to track this now. I want to dive into this head first and watch, learn, and report as it evolves. From what I gather, Wemby's seven foot three or seven foot four. He plays like a six foot five swing player. He doesn't look goofy like most seven footers with hunched shoulders or awkwardly running up and down the court. He could shoot threes, post up, shot block. He's a Kim Olajuwon mixed with magic with a sprinkling of Kevin Garnett and Dirk. Jesus Christ. I can start to feel the pressure already. And that's just the point. We now live in a media landscape where the ecosystem around the NBA is just exploding. Bill Simmons, Woj Bombs, Brian Windhorse, ESPN, Fox, Barstool Sports, the whole Ringer staff. I haven't heard Bill Simmons this worked up since he worked in Boston. The business of talking is at its peak and man oh man I dream about the day I could sit inside a studio and just pontificate for an hour on hot takes and analysis behind basketball. But I'm a storyteller at heart, a documentary filmmaker, and I think there's a bigger story here. Now there have been legendary prospects, names you might have heard of or might not. Felipe Lopez, Lenny Cook, Sam Bowie, Greg Oden, Eddie Curry, Sebastian Telfair, who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was a little kid. They all have faced as young teenagers expectations that led to failure and the mental anguish of not becoming the next big NBA star. In those stories are a roadmap to obstacles that Wemby might face. Sam Bowie was really good, but by the time they drafted him, they'd missed two full years, he'd been redshirted twice. To me, it's, it's more of a what if. Though at the beginning of his career, Sam Bowie looked like he might live up to his billing as 1984's second overall pick. Sam was promising as a rookie. He was very versatile. Go, Nat loses the ball. Sam Bowie on a breakaway. Oh, Sam. We felt that uh, that he was going to be uh, all that we had hoped. But that hope soon gave way to despair. When early in his second season, Bowie's leg troubles resurfaced. Well, you hate to see anybody being carried out on a stretcher. You hate to see Sam Bowie, particularly that leg. And that's the one where he had all of the problems at Kentucky. And the next season, things got even worse. I'll never forget the night uh, he went down in his third year. There was a loud crack. It could be heard throughout the arena. Everybody just did a collective sigh. Said, oh, here we go again. 
In his fourth year, he broke his leg during pregame warm-ups, leaving him all but forgotten when the player who'd been drafted behind him transformed into a superstar and the league's best player. And the Chicago Bulls have won their first ever NBA championship. The second part of this Wemby story is NBA superstar is big business. Look at LeBron. Look at the film and TV company, the Nike deal, the schools, the charities, the investments we don't even know about. If Wemby continues down this road, the amount of money he could earn could surpass Tiger Woods and LeBron combined. And think about any NBA team he goes to. They are looking at an increase in value of what is estimated to be at least a billion dollars. And for small market teams, that's a lot. The prospect, as they say, could become a mega corporation. Let's begin our show with the latest NBA team values, guys. And give us a quick snapshot, Michael, of the latest team valuations. How's this for a quick snapshot, guys? I don't think the NBA could be doing any better than it is right now. The average team is now worth $1.1 billion, the first time ever NBA team values went past a billion. And aside from the Brooklyn Nets, every other NBA team is profitable. All right, so what's driving those kinds of increases right now, Chuck? That's a great question, Bob. I think it's a number of things. I think, um, for one, the NBA obviously just signed a huge new media deal, tripling the last deal. Um, Secondly, the international growth prospects for the league are enormous right now. Um, Thirdly, uh, they've got labor peace. There's a scarcity in terms of teams available. Uh, The Hawks are on the market, the Nets maybe. Um, And then there's what I always call the cool factor. I mean, how cool is it to own an NBA team? And listening and reading the NBA media as of late, I can't find anyone who has said anything negative about this kid. And why would you? He's an alien right now. And his play in Vegas literally was the only story last week besides Draymond Green landing a nuclear punch on Jordan Poole and the problems within the Warriors organization. On the court, off the court, the business, the media, the story of Wemby can be argued will define the NBA for at least a year, if not longer. And like any Shakespearean drama, It will provide endless fodder for all the podcasts, talk shows, and NBA think pieces. But for me, I believe, as we head forward, a much more important and defining narrative will develop about the NBA and popular culture and where we're at as a society. And that is what you should stick around for. started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum. 
I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep, I gave you my all. From my mind and body, to my spirit and soul. <laughs>